Hey guys, Jesse from Flyers Alley. I'm here to tell you to head on over to www.bodycheckwellness.com and use our promo code OCS in all caps to save 25% on your hemp-derived CBD oils, functional mushroom blends, and edibles for you and your doggos. We all love Body Check Wellness in the Alley. You guys will too. Kenwood Beer, guys. Kenwood Beer is the official beer of Old City Sports Network and Flyers Alley. Go to www.kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to find a distributor to you. I promise you guys will not be let down. It's a great light beer, great tasting, very refreshing. It's won some awards. It's the best in the Delco area, Philadelphia area. Go to www.kenwoodbeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to find a distributor near you. This is Garrett Burnett, and you're listening to Flyers Alley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Flyers Alley. I am your host, Jesse Bell. Along with me today, our new uh, co-host, Frankie James. Frank, how you doing, buddy? Jesse, doing good, man. It's been it's been a busy day for us, man. But uh, you know, when it all is done with that, it's time to play and hang out and have a good time here, you know, with Flyers Alley. Absolutely, absolutely. And along with us today, we got a great, great person. We're going to interview. Garrett Burnett from the Philadelphia Phantoms and Anaheim Mighty Ducks. How are you doing, brother? Good, good. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having some time uh, to sit down and talk some uh, Phantoms hockey, some hockey in general. Want to get down to everything, make sure uh, we cover everything with you. You're a close friend of uh, our good buddy, Frank the Animal by Allowis, and in fact, used to be a uh, – roommate of his and I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you i'm very very interested to hear 
maybe some stories about you and uh, our buddy Frank uh, living together. You got anything uh, spicy for us? Any uh, any good things? Oh yeah, he's a he's a great cook. You should see he would make the best steaks. Spice right there, bang. <laughs> Frank's a chef, a good a good driller. <laughs> Man, we, have, we gotta get over there soon, man. We, we got, I think we're due for a couple of steaks. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, he invited us over to go have some beers with him and such. We had an, an event, a cancer benefit. They, uh, he was docked to come in on, and he actually ended up getting sick and wasn't able to come. So he made the mistake of saying, "Hey, yeah, you guys need me? You know, come over for some beers." And I told him to not, you know, don't promise us with a good time. We'll be there as soon as possible. He's about twenty minutes from me, so I mean, dangerous talks. Um, yeah, so I kind of want to get into uh, your your um, your career with the Phantoms, but uh, before we do that, I definitely want to uh, bring something up on the screen for you for your mom. This is uh very touching. I, I kind of I, I love this kind of stuff. Um, so let me I'll put pull this up for everybody watching. Um, enjoy. It was sent by Laura Lewis. Hello, Miss Vicky. It is Dustin Braley from the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, wishing you a very, 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 very happy birthday. Uh, this video is coming to you not only from me, but from the love of uh, your friend and my friend, Miss Laura Lewis. Uh, I wanted to wish you a very happy birthday. Um, I know that you uh, are going through some rough times right now, and um, it can seem like, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of weight, like the world is kind of weighing down on you right now, but it seems like you got a lot of love around you, which is the most important things in times like this. And um, I want you to know that that I'm sending you all, all the love that I can from the cold and snowy Montana. Can you see that? It's actually probably the most snow I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I gotta get my kids into some, into some hockey lessons soon, which I believe you have, uh, have uh, some folks in your family who are into hockey pretty big time. So maybe I need to get some pointers from you. Send them my way so I can teach them how to really do it. Um, but I wanted to say, um, oh no, not I. I will survive. Oh, as long as I know how to love, I know I'll stay alive. I got all my life to live and I got all my love to give. I will survive. I will survive. Hey, stay strong. Sending you lots of love. Listen, I love you. Miss Laura loves you. Sending you all the all the love we can. You got this. Happy birthday. Stay safe. Bye bye. That's just awesome. That's just yeah. Yeah, that was sent by Laura Lewis, somebody that I developed a, a friendship with back in my in my Phantoms days. And Laura Lewis is gonna be actually sixty on February seventh. On a big six out. Wow, that's yeah. touching, man. That's, that's uh... yeah. It's that's it's actually kind of I, I really appreciate that. I think it was like a couple years ago. My wife actually got me tickets to Trans Siberian Orchestra, and it's it's really nice to see that that they're a band that gets down and does things like that with uh, with their fans and and people that are in need. Um, my thoughts and prayers are out for you, brother, and for your mom, man. I, I really hope everything works out for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we already got a comment here. Uh, Jake Long from Flyers Alley says, great show. Thanks, brother. Thanks for showing up. Hey. Um, Garrett, I got to dive into it. I got a triple I got a triple threat question for you here. Um, so 
you played for well three teams for me that kind of stand out as you know tough teams in the league in these leagues. You got the Philadelphia Phantoms, the Johns Johnstown Chiefs, and the Danbury Trashers. Now <laughs> These are three teams that are literally legendary. And now the Danbury Trashers are on everybody's radar after the whole Netflix thing. Um, you got got to you got to have some good stories for us about at least one of these teams. I mean, oh shit! Um, on ice or off ice. <laughs> Whichever one you want to do, man. Whichever one you want to go. Well, let's start with the on ice. And then great, we'll that's a great there. question right there. <laughs> well, let's see. Johnstown was just packed with things that just kept happening. And I mean, <coughs> I guess um, challenging a guy to, a st- to an actual fight and him saying no and putting his stick up and making making it into a stick fight. And then having my dad there yelling at me about it while I'm on the ice and me yelling back to him and arguing about it is kind of kind of messed up, I guess. Yeah, that that's got the whole uh slap shot feel to it. Is that is that kind of the is that how it is in that league though? That's that's is that, that a brutal league that, that was that was played in uh the uh, ECHL? Was that that's the jungle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well. I've seen it happen personally in games that I played in uh, probably three times. Yeah, probably three times. I mean, twice was, but <laughs> yeah. once I just grabbed a guy's stick, I had no gloves or stick and the guy put his stick up. So I grabbed it out of his hand. And then I just backhanded somebody by accident because they were coming to jump me from behind. So it hit them in the, and then I turned and confronted the guy and kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, it's just you guys. I mean, like, like I said, we 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 sent you Frank's interview. You know, you guys are just us in Philly. We you know we love the you know we're the blue collar city. We love our enforcers. We love our tough guys and guys that. Uh, bring that animosity and that physical play to the game is uh i mean it's definitely definitely uh different playing um i would say in the nhl and then going down and then playing in in the for danbury trashers that that was an absolute experience right we i mean you were there when all when all hell was breaking loose in yeah, that it was league, during right? the lockout. it was during the lockout and um as as i got to know jimmy and his family through my year previous when I was in Hartford, then, um, then I decided over the summer to come back and help him to promote this new team he was announcing. So I did that. And then uh, as the season started up, I talked about coming over and practicing every day as a player so I could stay in shape in case our season started in the NHL. And then at the same time, I'd go on the bench during games as, as an assistant. So that, that happened for a little while. And then then I took off and went on a charity tour up in British Columbia, back where I'm from. And then I came back down and played a few games for them. But it was pretty limited because they, they announced that the NHL would not actually start that year. So didn't need to be in quite as much game shape anymore. 
Well, you got uh, you, you're on that team. You you got uh, what was it, Brent Gretzky, and I think it was uh, Mike Rump. Uh, I think he played on that team as well at one point, and I mean, obviously, you got Even Frank. Pete. Right, right. Even Frank you, you by guys, even Pete, like, and then plus all the other guys that were there, like, you know, like Jerry Hickey and Roman Nadur, and obviously Brad Wingfield. Brad Wingfield, that's right. Part of that. mm -hmm. Frank, you got something? You got yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Jess, we actually had AJ Glanty on um, the network that did the show, I believe. Uh, on an interview, he was on, he was on the half timers, yeah. Our guys yeah. from Louisiana, and I wasn't really too familiar about the story. I wanted to listen to the interview, and um, you know, it was it was it was quite interesting. Um, it was a great interview, um, for sure. You know, playing for that team that you know definitely had to be, uh, you know, something that maybe not even used to because you don't know, you know, you can see what's happening, and it's like, wow, look, look at everything that's going on. But I want to ask a question about the like the enforcer role because you look at the game today and you look at the game when you played, you know, and like Jesse had said, the enforcer role. I mean, we you know we love it, especially here in Philadelphia, especially Jesse Bell. He's a huge fan of love the enforcer him. role. Um, we've had a, the privilege and honor of having um, a good of current enforcer on the show with uh, Zach McEwen that Jesse's got to talk to from the Flyers. Now, do you? Think that the game today needs that enforcer role and that enforcer aspect, or you know, is that gone? Is the game too much of a finesse game now, or do you think they still need that tough guy to smack it around a little bit? Like, what, what do you think about that? My own personal opinion. I mean, I totally think that it helps save these like guys making multi millions of dollars, and you want them to actually play a full season. You don't want them hurt. Get them some protection. That's actually a really good point. Like come in. Yeah, because Jesse has always mentioned a little bit about, like, you know, he talks oh. about Gretzky. And you're going to do, this right, you're gonna do but, this right now. Yeah, you know, would Gretzky have been the guy if he didn't have McSorley and uh, his Dave other Cement, Dave Semenko would, 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 uh, would, and it's funny that it's funny that, that I asked that because I actually got that from Ice Guardians. And uh, I'm not the only one, though. I'm, the only reason why I ask people is because I could back up. I could say, oh, well, you know, this guy said that. So, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah, would um, would would Wayne Gretzky have scored as many goals as he did if he didn't have uh, Dave Semenko and Martin McSorley with him? I absolutely think no. It's a great point. Some players play bigger when they know they have somebody in the lineup that'll have their back no matter what. Especially if it's someone like you know, and this is and this is the thing too. I feel like Philadelphia just breeds these guys. Like you guys come through here, and they get the absolute best. So the year we've seen fight videos of you going toe to toe with Scott Parker, the sheriff. You know this. I, I have a buddy of mine, Scott. You know he works with me. He used to be on Flyers Alley like three years ago. Um, his favorite, his favorite player of all time. You know his favorite enforcer. What's it like fighting someone like Scott Parker? Because this, there's certain there's certain enforcers like nowadays. You know, it's it's different. You guys are literally punching the fuck out of each other's faces, like toe to toe, just exchanging. These guys are kind of like you know, just kind of. There's more to it now. I feel like they have they think they call it technique, but I think it's more of I really just don't want to get hit type Going of mentality. What's it like fighting people like Scott Parker, like with that kind of reputation? Well, the bigger the reputation, 
the more excited you get about wanting to take that from them by, by doing really well against them. Right. But at the same time, it's also, um, it can, it can, uh, it can add some stress into your life going into it. Yeah. I mean, it's, is and now is it, I, I've talked to a couple guys that have said, you know, and actually Dave Schultz, the hammer will actually say that, you know, I didn't, I didn't like fighting. I, I grew up, I, I loved fighting. Um, is this something that you like? There's a certain, there's a, there's a higher echelon of guys here. Some people like donuts, some people, you know, it is what it is. That's how I was raised. So, like, is it, did you go into it something that you'd like to do, or, did, or was it something that you knew that you had to do to kind of etch yourself into the leagues? Well, I'll tell you what, I never, ever had a coach tell me, tap on the shoulder go fight that guy. I never heard that from ever. I know a lot of enforcers that that's how they were like brought into the position. But for me, the coaches would usually say, okay, Bern, just stay out of the shit. Just go play the game and tap me on the shoulder for that. And that's it. And you know, one other guy that I saw that similar, very similar to that was Frankie, the animal by Lois. <laughs> Thanks a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, interviewing he's the, the best thing about the enforcers and I've, I've learned and I, I have interviewed other people that aren't that they're more finesse players. Uh, you guys are open book. You, you kind of you're more down to earth. You're more, you know, uh, more fan oriented, I would say. Um, you're very humble um, is I mean, it's. I just don't, I don't even know how to describe it. You guys are just, I mean, you're gladiators out there. You're on the ice pounding people down and then, and then you come out and you're sitting here with us kind of just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I fucked that guy up. It's no big deal. There's, yeah. It's, it's a business. It's on the ice. Whatever happens stays on the ice. That's why you give everything you got while you're out there so that you can leave it out there. Yeah, and you know, right off like what you said, and that's a good point. Like you know, the toughest guys on the ice, like 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 you, Garrett and Frank, um, these are the, always the first ones, more or less, to interact with a fan. And you and I had a little discussion yesterday, kind of about like you know, you got down to your truck and and wanting to go over to talk to the fans. You know, the, the, the toughest SOBs on the ice were always the first ones. It seemed like um, to talk to the fan, to shake a hand, take a picture, even interact on social media. Um, I think that's really cool because not many people, you know, you see the, you know, the tough guy on the ice. You know, don't talk to him; he's really tough. But you guys are a, you know, sweet as pie, more or less. And uh, I think that's a pretty cool way to look at it for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, being the tough guy fighting on the ice, but you know, what was the one that's telling a joke and taking a picture or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we're definitely in a um, in a fortunate position being in communities and having the spotlight we get. So it's good to try to give back and try to try to show them that we are actually people too, and uh, not necessarily just the maniac they see out on the ice. Yeah. Speaking of being a a maniac on the ice, uh, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand season in the AHL with the the Kentucky Thoroughblades. You uh, racked up 506 uh, penalty minutes. That's a, that's a whole hell of a lot. Is there uh, 
Somebody take the jelly out of your donut. I don't, I don't know what happened. What was what was going on that season, man? I mean, it's a substantial amount compared to every other season. I don't know. I mean, it just it was just that kind of year, that kind of team, that kind of atmosphere, and every game was about it. Like we played every game like it was a playoff game. Yet there was still the element of the enforcer being in effect as well, because it wasn't quite playoffs yet, but. You know, we just we played every game really intense, and I definitely played intense as fuck, man. I couldn't, nothing I could do about it. I just every game was like a playoff game. Garrett had more penalty minutes that that year than the, more than the whole Ottawa and Flyers fight. He was the whole he was the whole <laughs> battle that that night. It's incredible number. That's got to be sitting there at the top at least. That's that's uh, up there, man. That's that's up there. Yeah, and, and and they made the playoffs that year too. And you know, if you if you look at it, you know they got the yeah. play, four, play, four teams played in the playoffs, which is pretty incredible. Or I think it was he was getting ready for that year a couple years ahead where he put in six goals. And he changed the game around a little bit when he, when he, when he was playing with the heart, the, the Wolf Pack, you know, throwing the Dukes around, putting up the penalty minutes. Now it's time to score some goals, right, Garrett? Hey, you know, if you ever see me in the warm-ups, I'd usually lead my team in scoring. I mean, I, did get on, I was first put on and last one off. So I did have the extra time in there to be able to score a couple on an empty net when the goalies were gone. But in reality, you know, I mean – my stick just wasn't long enough. That was the thing that held me back. You know, I, I couldn't reach the slot from the penalty box. So it just limited my opportunities. There it is. <laughs> I, I, I've gotten it in very, very, I'm very active. Uh, Carl Ferrer says uh, you were a beast, by the way. So you're getting some people out here. Hi, Garrett. Always a duck. Tommy Mayers. Um, so, um, I, I I I love getting on on Twitter and, and Facebook and just like cyber stopping people sometimes because some of the things that come through they're very I won't say anything unless it's it's it's, it's it needs to be done. Uh, somebody had said something about enforcing not being like needed in the, in the league anymore, uh, you know. And I, obviously I'm a I'm a firm believer that they're absolutely wrong. And I said to the person, you do realize that they said, oh, they're not skilled players, blah, blah, blah. I said, you do realize that these guys are draft. They're professional. They are professional hockey players. At, at one point in time in their life, they 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 are professional hockey players and, and they did get into these leagues. They were they, they they did these things and you're kind of just sitting in the stands not doing anything. So I think people forget that that, that is not actually a thing here. Like, you know, it's not like, you know. Unless I'm wrong and you just decided one day, you know what, I'm just going to go into the league, I'm going to play hockey and just beat the hell out of everybody, which could be the case. I mean, I've talked to Frank, and that, that could absolutely be the case. I don't I don't know. I mean. Uh, yeah, everybody's got an interesting way of getting there, I guess. Well, it's, it's cool because you 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 were undrafted. Um, how, how did, So can you, can you kind of walk us through how that happened? I mean, in, in 94-95, you played with the Sioux Greyhounds in the OHL. Uh, I mean, how how did it happen? You just walk onto a team, or yeah, pretty much like as a free agent because nobody's identified and protected you and signed you to a contract or anything. You're a free agent, so you can go to any team you want, and that's the team I chose. And I was fortunate enough to to make it through there and start start the season there. Yeah, I think that's pretty incredible to say. You know, get, you know, give it, getting that opportunity to play, and um, 
you know, and, and, and busting your butt to kind of have a have a good, you know, decent length of a career too, and, and play against some, some with some good players and good teams. And you know, it kind of makes you re- reminds you um it's something that Jesse and I kind of uh, live by is you know, you don't forget where you came from. You know, you got a good chance to get into the league and you took advantage of every opportunity. Sure, you had to break a few uh few bounds in the meantime and punch a few people, but you know, it's definitely something to look back on and remember, like, hey, you know, I deserve to be here and I'm gonna do everything I can to stay here. Even if you have to beat a couple people's asses on the, in the meantime, or just live with Frank Bailawas. I mean, who knows which one's tougher? <laughs> <laughs> That'll unlock the beast in anybody. <laughs> Curtis uh, Caldo says Garrett chasing guys on the ice, Bob chasing parents in the stands. Hashtag ET's underwear. Oh, that sounds, that sounds <laughs> like a story. <laughs> this is pretty funny. Um, this has to do with the. Um, I was talking to you earlier about the lacrosse thing where my dad ended up fighting with the other team's coach from behind our bench. Okay. Yeah, right. And and uh, it was because the other team's coach's son got hurt on the floor. He went down. So our head coach jumped off the bench, was trying to help him. Their coach got mad. He says, leave my kid alone. Then next thing you know, that guy comes running over to our side jumps up on the back of the boards right by where my dad was because he was the assistant coach. So my dad just grabbed him and Yes, starts the long yes. And and, Mar- and and Curtis's brother Marty was on my team as well. And his dad was actually the coach George that my dad was coaching with. And <laughs> yeah, the ET underwear well. All the all the little sisters were in love with Curtis, and uh, I guess he gave him a show. I think he was bending over to pick something up out of uh, a garbage can or something, and uh, maybe his pants were hanging down a little low, and everybody saw his ET underwear. A <laughs> <That> little bastard. Sean, a foul. Shout out to Garrett and the Sioux Greyhounds. Uh, way to go, cousin. Love watching him play. Oh, thank and, you. I love uh, you guys too. Toby Mayer says Garrett was a fan favorite. You got some, you got some fans out here, brother. You got some people coming yeah. out for you. I love it. We love it. We love it. Um, and too, it was good. So that's the thing is, uh, hockey hockey players and the hockey community is just so much different than everyone else, man. Um, speaking of that, I think you had someone. Uh, what, what do you? So what are you up to nowadays? Uh, you got hockey behind you, I guess. You're not. You're kind of living the dream, doing your thing. Uh, what, do you, what do you got going on nowadays? Mm, not too much. Just um, working in the cement industry. And uh, I'm looking at trying to put together an inner city league for the kids in the area where I live to try to give them something to do. And, and here in Minnesota, they have outdoor rinks everywhere. So I was hoping to use an outdoor rink maybe once a week or two to be able to give them a chance to get out and play and, and have something to do and stay out of trouble. That's a great, that's, that's a great thing to do, man. That's, that's incredible to hear. That really is. Um, I mean, uh, you know, Jesse and I are kind of, you know, with the network and kind of things that we like to do and, and Garrett, we got to talking about a little bit about this yesterday, like, you know, to be able to give back and kind of help, uh, help things like that. And, uh, you know, when, when you get that project done the way, I'm sure uh, Old City Sports Network would be happy to uh, assist uh, from over here in the old uh, Pennsylvania area. 
any way that we can. That'd be great. That's oh, absolutely. Awesome. We'll promote the shit out of it. 100%. I'll come, I'll come, I'll come you know, play a little bit. But the old you don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want, you don't want that. You don't want that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. <laughs> I don't it'll, take that. You, it'll take you like four months to recover from that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, when we had Frank on the stories he would tell, but he would beat up somebody in men's league. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. He got, that happens, he, man. That happens from, I know from history. There's, <laughs> There's several times I tried to play men's league hockey Hoover, and I just crossed those arenas off the list of places I can play. Exactly. <laughs> that's how it turned out. Now is it, is it because so so our our network sponsored by I don't I'm not I don't know if you you probably know he is Riley Cote. Um, yeah. And and he he plays in men's leagues now, and he says all the time, there's always that guy that's just still challenging him, just slashing at him. Like literally last time, he slashed the shit out of fucking Cote, and and Cote is in. I mean, he's right pristine, he's pristine shape now, just like a brick shit house. He like turns around, looks at the dude, and was like, I, I was I was really getting ready to go with this guy. Like this guy's out of his fucking mind. You play in a men's league, like. You're about to go toe to toe with a fucking gladiator. Like, are you insane? Like, is that is that some of the reasons why you're crossing these off the list? Because there's always a guy. Yeah, they're really. I don't know where it comes from, but people just get like feisty and chippy with their stick, and they start whacking you. And you're like, hey, you know, if you you slash me the wrong fucking way, I'm gonna get have a broken arm or something. So I'm not gonna fucking jeopardize that shit. If you want to come after me like this, well, then we're gonna go. And it unfortunately turns out bad for them usually. <laughs> Who did that sound like? That's yeah, the right. story that we heard. The guy was trying to fight Frank, and was that was that an oyster? Oh, it was. It was. It was someone slew footed Jimmy Watson. Oh yeah. And and Frank and uh, two other of the guys uh, almost took on an entire bench, and they they banned Frank from from uh, alumni games. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, I mean, you can't slew foot. He's like 70 some years old. Like, you can't do stuff. We can't do shit like that, dude. Like, come on, man. No respect. I don't None. It. None. A lot of the weird situations with, that I experienced happened more when I was younger. Like, when I was 20 years old and I just came back from my first year in the East Coast League level and like clean cut and got reasonable amount of skill and speed and people would be like if they thought you were doing better than them they just start getting chippy with you and i ended up fighting with like three guys on the ice and we went in the penalty box they wouldn't shut their mouth so i had to go over and pull them underneath the scorekeeper's table put in the on one guy the other guy <laughs> fucking slamming him with the elbows <laughs> hitting the guy under the table going back and forth and then they end up having a zamboni guy Pick me up and pull me off him. Zamboni <laughs> guy. Guy has nothing to do with hockey. He's never played hockey. Just driving yeah, the same The guy's on his break and he's like, Are you kidding yeah. me? I gotta jump into this shit. That's that's the enforcers, man. And it kind of leads to a question that I have, Jess, for uh for Garrett is um, you know, we had the opportunity to have um David Kissick on. Uh he was um part of the 0506 uh Team, the um the, uh, the 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 trashers team any relationship with him he he was a great interview as well and 
Obviously, I think he had asked. I think Riley's Dave, actually playing for the team that uh, that he's Dave coaching. Mc, McIsaac. McIsaac. Thank you. Thank you, my good man. I appreciate that. Thank you for correcting me on that one. Um, I believe that – I think Riley's playing for the, that team. And I think he actually, on the interview, he, he was going to ask Frank to play for the team. And he shot that maybe you'll you'll join the join the band again and, and get out there, or do you have any relationship with Dave at all? I with Dave McIsaac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love I'd love to play, but I just had three knee surgeries back in the end of last summer, like this recent summer we just had. So I recently tried to get back on the ice on an outdoor rink, and uh, it wasn't quite feeling worthy of really pursuing it yet but definitely by next season maybe maybe i could do it next year oh yeah i think i think it was uh cote was playing for that he was playing a a guest spot for the hat tricks because dave's the i think he's the the owner or the coach up there and uh one of our other guys is just that's about to join the network he actually works for him works for uh mcisaac up uh, with the hat trick so I, th- I think we got like a, a, a random like connection there by, by random. I don't even know how that happened. But next set of credentials, we're gonna have to go see the boys. <laughs> yeah, we'll throw we'll, we'll get you up there, go. I'd, I'd love to go up there and see everybody play. I, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be great. The um yeah, the last game I ever played, I ended up with a 34 or 35 game suspension or something for throwing a net on a goalie. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yes. Let's talk it would be about nice that. Yeah. Go out in a smooth way. So let, let's, let's, I, I think we should dive into that. Um, so <laughs> you, I think you sent I, me I that video and I had never seen it before. And I, I troll, I watch hockey fights all day long. I had never seen this before. And I can't believe I missed it. What is going on that you go and literally throw the net off the moorings onto the goalie? You throw. Well, to be entirely honest, I mean, the video clip doesn't quite show the maybe 10 or 20 seconds previous where I'm actually on the other team's bench holding the coach by his tie and threatening to hit him. Then – he he i could see the fear in his eyes he knew i was going to do it so i looked and i said i don't want to get suspended fuck this i jumped back on the ice and then that's when the video starts where i actually tear off down to go hit the goalie and when he ran behind the net i mean i was like what the fuck do i do go this way go that way shit oh. and then i was at the net and oh. just threw it improvised man <laughs> He, he probably didn't see the fear in the coach's eyes. He probably saw the shit running down his leg. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I mean, imagine how the Johnstown, and I mean, thirty-four games there, three hundred thirty-one penalty minutes with a lot of fighting. I was protecting him a lot of times too, so I don't know. Like to me, it just didn't feel right to have him talking shit. So I addressed the situation. The importance the of the enforcer rule. Nope, Absolutely, and and that's that's the thing. Uh, it's crazy, and and I, I I hate to keep bringing it up with it with that it's missing in the game now. And I think Schultz had said it. Uh, don't, don't you think Sidney Crosby would like to be would like to be protected? Don't you think some of these guys would like to be protected? The enforcers on the ice nowadays are nowhere near nowhere near the the way you guys used to be uh, when you guys played. I mean, I it's just a whole nother element. 
of of game there. Yeah, I mean, I remember even earlier in my career when when I first came out of junior into and it was it was a it was a fucking sin to say no to somebody who wanted to fight you. And now half the guys will say no, I'm not going to go yet. So it's like, well, shit, I don't even know what it's like now. But at the end of my career, I had guys like heavyweights that would actually say, no, I won't go yet. And I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I'll fucking go run your leading score then. Fuck you. <laughs> That's just what I would do. We got a uh, Whiskey Williams says, great player and interview. Uh, Tommy Mayer says, happy new year, Garrett. And Braxton Davis says, Garrett Burnett, miss you, dude. Great times in Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> yeah. I coached a junior A team over there. And Braxton was one of the uh, one of the kids on the team. And uh, definitely we had some good times with the hockey over there. I kind of want to lead into that. Um, you know, being a player, obviously not of your stature, um, you know, playing you know, club hockey juniors in high school for about 18 years. You know, coaching was always something that I wanted to do. Um, I never found the opportunity to, to go out and coach. Um, if you don't mind, to kind of tell us a little bit about the trick, you know, of being a player, having your role as a player, and now being able to coach, um, you know, the young kids and, and, and preparing them for the game. Um, what was some good coach? You know, how was the coaching for, for in your eyes? Uh, how did you enjoy that? Well, like from from my personal experience, mm-hmm. I had um, Gabe Goche oh, in wow. LA, and he was from the South, South Carolina, South, South California area, and uh, he he was sort of the head coach, and I was more like an assistant strength conditioning kind of coach, <sighs> and. Uh, you know, I mean, I see coaches now that I used to play for. I know what they were like, and they're unfortunately being victimized by players that make more money than them and got a bigger mouth than they do. So, yeah, you see a lot of assistant coaches that are, you know, you see a lot of them, they're typically, some of them were enforcers. I mean, Craig Berube was an assistant coach here for a while. I remember seeing Craig Berube hold back Peter Laviolette against that Pittsburgh Penguins Flyers playoff series, which is something you know, typically you wouldn't see too much. But, um, you know, the coaching aspect is something that I, I, I definitely uh, admire, um, especially a player, you know, with your role, um, you know, as an, as, as an enforcer, as somebody to defend, uh, and somebody we always want to look over the shoulder to see if he's there, and then becoming a coach and really teaching the game that of of playing the game, um, technique, you know, simple drills, but pl- playing the game a different way. I really admire that, and I think that's pretty incredible. Um, I'm sure you probably taught him a couple a couple one twos behind closed doors, but you know you got to make sure you defend yourselves. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck yeah! I would totally <laughs> everybody. After practice, I would show guys and I would tell them not because I want to make enforcers out of everybody, but because when you're on the ice, I want you to know when you go in the corner, if somebody comes in there with their elbows up or whatever, and it turns into a confrontation, I want you to have the confidence to know that you can do the job. And and just by having that confidence, you see the, the play of the guys get better and better because they they feel it like they know that they can handle it 
plus the guys behind them can handle it. And it just, I think it really helps with your overall team toughness, which is important. Couldn't have said that any better. I think that's great. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Brad, Brad Crook says, what's up, Garrett? Um, hey. We got Todd Gabili. I'm sorry if I butchered that, man. That is a, that is a, a tough one. Great interview. Garrett is the man. And Laura Lewis said, hey, hey, you, thanks for mentioning my birthday. There you go. Um, along with, uh, you know, obviously with what you've been doing, you know, you co- coaching a little bit down there. And do you, I mean, you play, you played for some banger teams. Um, I think you wanted to kind of get into, you wanted to drop one of your, uh, your buddies in his uh, UFC type of uh, MMA type thing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very fortunate to have, Jaron French be such a good friend to me like lately I've had a lot of things go negatively like I you know my mom's sick right now really bad and everything and it just helps to have a friend like that in my corner and support me and and really help and him his dad and their daughter they're all really cool people the French family (laughs) So I got I got some pictures of of him. I could pop up on the screen if you want to kind of tell everybody you know what he's doing, where you could watch him fight and such and everything. If you want to roll through that, okay. That's him training for a fight, getting ready for a fight, getting taped up. Taped up. So so the one the one I actually couldn't bring up on here, but um. Where uh so where's he what's he uh yeah he so he's fought what's his next fight you know how, what's he is he got a good record or what's what's is he a banger yeah, like he, you or what's what's going he, on there? Well, he recently qualified for the um the World Taekwondo Championships in Vegas um, in November of twenty one, but about a week or two before that he had a training accident. He pops his kneecap out, dislocates it, needs oh. ACL MCL surgeries. Yet oh my God. he still arrives in Vegas, gets out there, and fights anyway. What? Yeah, wow! You could like you could barely move that leg. It was amazing amount of heart and so inspirational to see that. Well, Gary, was this for Taekwondo? Pardon me. Uh, was was this for Taekwondo that you mentioned that he was uh, training yeah. for this? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty pretty remarkable. Um. You know, MMA is, is an incredible sport. You know, it's one of those that that's you know, similar to lacrosse in the aspect of like it wasn't super popular for a while, and it's kind of making its way. Um, I mean, you know, with a big brand like UFC, um, you know, the, the business aspect, it, it's definitely popular. Pay per view, people are, are watching it, but um, you know, it's 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 an incre- incredible sport. Um, and you know, best of luck to your to your good friend uh, and his future um, future fights. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And uh, with that, man, I kind of want to uh, wrap this bad boy up. Um, if you have anything else to say to anyone, name drops of any sort, anything at all, throw it out there. For me, I well, I would love to say hi to my mom and my sister and her man Jason and their kid Tristan. I love them all and I miss them. It's been tough for the last couple of years with the COVID problem. 
haven't been able to get back up there as easily and uh, definitely miss them. And I love them with all my heart. And That's I hope great. Get That's awesome. I hope, I hope my mom gets better soon because she's been hurting with things she's going through right now. So. Yes, that's uh, your thoughts and prayers are definitely, you know, with your mom. And I, 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 I this comment comes, it's a long one. I, I was going to wrap it up, but uh, apparently you got some people coming out. Uh, you used to mow this guy's grass when you were younger, bud. Uh, when Gary yeah. was young, younger, he used to mow my lawn and he had a key to my house in my garage. I had boxing equipment, heavy bag, double end bag speed bag he'd spend time pounding the crap out of them he then <laughs> took to, took that to the ice dave cole there we go now we know where it came from <laughs> mr david cole dave andrew cole, burnett yeah. sends the the hearts uh love you broski oh. sean a fault says uh prayers to your mom and family so that, yeah, you got some love custom. out here brother yeah man it's awesome mm -hmm. that's awesome and uh and of course, we'll keep your family in our prayers, man, uh, every day, for sure. I appreciate Absolutely. that very much. Hey, you know, Absolutely. back a couple of years ago, I, I myself went through um, severe brain trauma and big injuries and stuff. And uh, I was I was really overwhelmed and, and thankful for all the support that I got from the Philly fans because they were sending cards and everything. Like I, like, I didn't expect it at all, but I guess they – collected up a bunch of cards and sent them all over to me and it was real nice really really nice of them so uh, us at old city sports we we literally are on i don't want to say a charity organization because then all of a sudden people will stump, people will start coming trying to collect money from us but um uh we uh, benefits out the ass if there's anything that we can do man you definitely let us know uh we will try to help out in any way shape or form we can Absolutely. Awesome. Um, with, with that being said, everybody, thank everybody that came out. Um, you can uh, like if you have a Twitter or Facebook. You go to facebook.com slash Flyers Alley. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Flyers Alley Pod 1. Instagram, at Flyers Alley. Also, go to www.oldcitysports.com, old spelled O-L-D-E, for all the rest of our podcast articles and more. We got one more comment. J.R. Saunders says, looking good, cuz. We'll catch up when you get back to see your mother. Awesome. Thank you. With that being said, Very Garrett, thank you, thank you so much for giving us the time. This will definitely not be the last time we talk. Uh, I like to keep, keep very close uh, connections and contact with everybody we have on here. Um, and you're friends with Frank, so, you know, maybe we'll all get up one day and crush some beers and, you know <laughs> – you guys can oh, wrestle, around. You wrestle around with Frankie James here. See how you guys all end up on ice. I'm actually going to pass on that, Jesse. I've actually got a lot to do for the network. So, Garrett, but, uh, you know, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's, uh, you know, has a death wish. So we'll find them for you. <laughs> this has been uh, incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. And th again, thank you so much, uh, everybody. This will be up on uh, Spotify within the hour. And if you want, you can go back and watch this at any time. Again, thanks so much, Garrett, for coming on. Frank, thank you for being the new co-host of Flyers Alley. We'll catch you guys on Sunday at 8.30 Eastern. Thank thanks, Garrett. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure.